Welcome to Katie on the Couch. I'm Katie Nicole, and here on my couch, we talk to people from all walks of life about confidence, body image, self-esteem, and provide tips and insights from their experience to give to you. So take a cuppa and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Katie on the Couch. I'm absolutely thrilled to announce today's guest who is visiting on the couch in this World Wide Web all the way from Norway today. So I've, I've got on the couch today, Hilde, Hilde Larsen. I'm so thrilled to have her on board because she, as I said, is from Norway. She spent half her time in Florida. She's a, a health and success coach. She's an author. She's a speaker, a certified detox specialist, a raw food teacher. Uh, but really, she's a tree hugger at heart. So please welcome to our couch today, Hilda Larsen. Hello. Hello. And thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. It's an honor. I'm thank so, you. so thrilled to have you here. As I, as I said, that's, I mean, that's quite a... Uh, Quite an intro that you have there, Hilda. <laughs> what, what brings you to the couch today? What, uh, what brings you here? Well, it's, it's a rather long story. That's, I guess that's why you call me an, you know, an author, because it, it became to be so much you know, that I went through that I, I had to put it out into my first book. Um, it started with me just being like everyone else, just living my life and, and walking through in half pain and, you know, struggling a little bit like everyone do. You know, you have the children, you have the job, you have the house, you have the visions, you have the wants and you have the parties and the high heels and the product glasses and, you know, everything just, you know, kind of piling up. Yeah. But to me, it just happened in such a large scale that... I ended up, you know, on my back, really, really sick. Like diagnosed with severe rheumatoid arthritis. I couldn't move. I couldn't. It's like my whole life force was taken away from me. And that happens a lot, you know, when you look around and you get medicated for that. So I, I, I became this medicated person and I lost myself and I just, you know, I, I, I ended up to where I just couldn't do that anymore. I just could not accept that my life was this that it was, you know, that it had become that, that my dreams were not something that I could just explore freely, that I had gotten all these limitations that was just, I, I felt they were just thrown at me, you know, like I didn't have anything to do with it, like everything was just by chance or that it was bad luck or, you know. So it's a long story of me actually just putting my foot down saying, hey, you know, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to change my own life. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to explore other options, you know. Were you, were you happy, Hilda, before, before the, you know, before you got ill? Was there a sense of happiness in following your dreams at that point? You know, I was. I was really happy. I was like the happy party girl. But the thing is, looking back, we often think that we're happy yeah. because, you know, we're just a reflection of everything that we've lived you know, our upbringing, what we looked around. So, of course, I was happy. I had money. I had a job. I had children. I had, a, you know, a, a great marriage. I had everything. But I felt like shit always. It's like I had ulcers for 20 years. I never felt optimal. 
And I think a lot of people walk through that. You think it's normal to have migraines or to have, you know, a little bit of psoriasis here and there. Oh, no, I'm not sleeping too well or I can't digest this and that. So I thought I was very happy and I have, of course, a lot of happy memories. Yeah. But at the same time, I was just trying to hang on to that happy wagon, you know, so hard that I was losing my whole life, you know, in the process. What, was it was it an internal kind of happiness? Because I mean, what it sounds like that you're kind of describing to me is that you know had all these things outside of you, and and perhaps that the the happiness was was superficial rather than that deep seated sense of of joy that comes from fulfillment. Absolutely, it was. It was very superficial, and it was very conditioned by my belief system, but I myself believed that that was kind of happiness. I was so out of touch and out of tune with my own inner being and my own spirit and my own direct connection that I couldn't tell the difference. Not, not until I walked away from that and I went through the dark night of the soul and really struggled and didn't want to live anymore. It's just like, I can't do this. Not until you start walking towards the other end and lose everything you thought yeah. was right or you thought was happiness, that's when you start you know, waking up. That's when you get the real sense of smell, the real sense of taste, the real sense of happiness, you know, because it's the real you. So absolutely, I thought it was happiness, but it wasn't. It was killing me. It was killing me. I was trying so hard to achieve, yeah. you know, and a lot of, I see a lot, especially women were such nice little girls that are brought up to be such high achievers and such people pleasers and that's why i talk so much about serving versus pleasing you know and this has given me the probably the depth and the strength and the ability to talk about these things because most of us like i was we're just lost in this conditioning of the world you know it's a rat race out there and life seems like a race for so many people we're not even present in the now moment. I didn't even know what the now moment was. I thought everything was about the next weekend. Yeah. You know, I thought everything was about the next party. Yes. The escape from the now. And, and it also sounds like you, you're, you came to that point where, you know, with all that externalization, all that superficiality, you, you eventually got to the point where your body said, screw you. Like, like because you, had, had, you weren't paying attention to it, it was screaming out for you. And I think that so many of us, and you're right, particularly women, uh, are pushing so hard that we just keep ignoring the body. The body keeps yelling at us and yelling at us and yelling at us and we just ignore it until one day. Yeah, and, and I wasn't just ignoring it. I was telling it to shut up. I felt the body was weaker than me. I felt that I had all this capacity to do all these things and the body was showing itself as weak, not willing to drag along you know, with my intentions. Yeah. So I was not, not connected to it. I was even not very lovable towards it, you know. And I think that's another thing. Yeah. You know, and it was not, it was not only, you know, first it whispers to you. And then it starts talking to you. And then it starts screaming to you. And if, it, if you're still not listening, it's just going to knock you off your feet. And it knocked me off my feet. I was still not listening. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm so, I'm so curious about how, how life will manifest, you know, how, how our soul or whatever you want to call it 
your spirit will start yelling. As you said, well, you could whisper and it's often louder and louder and louder. And if we continue to ignore, yeah. suppress, reject, uh, we're likely to get ill. And I'm, I'd love to know your thought, considering you're a health and success coach and, and detox yeah. and raw, I'd love to know how you how you have seen the manifestation of maybe emotional blockages in a physical kind of manner and how to turn that around. Well, you see, when I started this, I had nothing, there wasn't any Facebook even. I mean, this was just at the verge that Facebook started. There was CureSong, that was it. It was like a forum, old fashioned forum. You can ask a question and then maybe some nice souls that has something uh, that they can contribute to would just throw it out there, you know. And so I was just hanging on to the guidance from my soul that was just telling me that, that's it. so this is the one thing that I just realized within me. I have no idea where it came from. It was that you have been healthy, you can be healthy again. It's natural to be healthy, you can be healthy again. So I knew that it was natural to be healthy. So that was the only thing I had. How to do that? No idea. So I just started listening to everything from Louis Hay with affirmations, going through Dorian Virtue, all of these people, you know, Wayne Dyer and, and, and Eckhart Tolle. And then I started, you know, walking towards um, a cleaner diet. It took me a while to even go vegan. You know, I was, I ate everything under the sun, you know, for, for all of my life. I'm, I, I was a milk drinker. I was, you know, grown up on potatoes and milk. Norway, that's, that's a regular diet, right? So everything just kind of fell little, little, little. But it didn't come until I took the decision, the major decision. And that was actually, it hit me through um, dreams. I'm pretty spiritual. I started the spiritual journey first. A lot of people think I started with the raw food and no, it was a spiritual journey first. I connected first with me that said, I'm going to do this, you know, and I started that before I even knew how. So I had a dream because I had to take medications through needles. I had to, to inject myself. Yeah. yeah. So pretty heavy medications for rheumatoid arthritis and all that. It's yeah. I'm, I'm so, yeah, yeah, not fun. So I woke up one morning having this visual, very empowering dream that all the syringes, everything that I've taken, would just, would just blown up in this big barrel. You know, those barrels that, 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 they, that they fire up on outside, like in the back street in New York, you know, and they stand there. It was just blew up with all the syringes. I just woke up and I knew. I, I just knew. And I lay down in the living room and my hubby came home from work and I just said to him, I said, I'm going to lay down now and I'm going to lay here until one of the two things happen. Either I die or I get healthy and I don't care which. And I really didn't care which. I really didn't care. I just laid down. I said, I'm just going to lay here. I'm going to stop all my medications and that's it. So I just, I surrendered kind of, you know, and I pondered that for a long time because I read about not surrendering, but accepting. And I had a hard time taking in what does accepting mean? Mm. To me, it meant accepting it as it was, meaning I would accept it to continue. And I spent almost a year, I think, to realizing that accepting was just accepting the now so that I could, you know, move on and release that. Mm. So, you know, the, the emotional and mental started very early because, of course, when you make a decision like that and you lay there, then you stop the medications that has been suppressing your symptoms for so long. Yeah, it's going to blow up on your face. I mean, then I got really sick when I stopped, you know, suppressing all the symptoms. I couldn't even open my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. 
I couldn't even open my mouth. I couldn't go to the bathroom. I couldn't do anything. I had to be carried everywhere. I couldn't eat. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't move my arm. I couldn't move my leg. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. Wow. You know, for several years, I was just this, and I just laid there. And that's when you really hit like a dark night. You know, you go through that. Because I, I was everything from defining myself through my work. I was an interior architect. I had my own business. I was very successful. So I had to give that away. Okay, then who was I? Then I had the beautiful hair. I also had, you know, always had the high heels and the glasses. And I had to get away, you know, give away everything. And, and friends, they don't show up, you know, because it's hard for people to know what to do when someone gets that sick. And there comes the, oh, you thought you were happy. It come, even that, oh, you thought you had friends. Oh, yes. Your whole superstitious life will just bite you in the Yep. I, I you know? What I'm loving that I'm hearing from, from you, Hilda, is that, is that there comes a point often in our life, and particularly if we've been suppressing emotions and suppressing life or ourselves for, for a very long time, whereby a Mack truck comes and, and hits you like, like it did in your instance. You know, I had a, not a similar thing from a health point of view, but I, I lost my brother at the age of 28. And, and something very similar in the sense of all of a sudden, the world as I knew it crumbled. It, it, everything yeah. was true, wasn't anymore. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, who am I in a space where who I thought yeah. I was doesn't exist anymore? It's what I'm really hearing from yeah. you at the moment. It's that hero's journey, for want of a better term. Yeah. So everything is shaking up, and you know this. Yeah. So, so, so everything is shaking up. And I, and I also had the very insecure future. I didn't know if I was going to live, if I was going to die. I never knew if I was going to be able to walk again or, you know, go anywhere. The doctors were telling me I would never walk. I would never do, you know, I was killing myself. But I had this, there was this force within me. And that's what I evolved most into. You know, the diet came later. First of all, I just worked on, you know, everything from forgiveness to um, my spiritual connection, you know, my relationship to, to God, to nature. Um, and just letting go. I mean, that was the whole thing, just thing by thing, from relationships to the things, to my life, who I thought I was. My ego was hit so hard, you know? I, I, yeah. It was tough. It was really tough. Um, and looking back, of course, my road was long and weary, you know, and ups and downs, because I didn't know, I didn't have any guidance back then, you know? Now, I, you know, there's a lot of shortcuts. And that's, you know, why it's fun to teach. Because I can see that people don't have to go to, into all of these, um, you know, traps or um, there are better ways to, to, to go through it. Yeah. I mean, you're so right. In the day and age we live in now, there's access to so much support. There's so many guides. There's so many mentors. Um, often I do notice that a trap is that people want a quick fix. Uh, that, that, you know, it's the get rich quick or the get enlightenment quick kind of thing what i find very fascinating and, and you probably come across this too is that is that we still have to walk our own path that's mm -hmm. irrelevant of the resources irrelevant of the books we read and and whatever it happens yeah. to be um it, it doesn't take away from the fact that you have to face your pain eventually what's oh, your yeah. on that yeah well as you know as a practitioner or, or working with um with with people the way I see it is, is my purpose here, my mission is to empower those in front of me, you know, to empower themselves. It's not to actually, I don't want any followers, you know, I want 
everyone to empower themselves. And I always tell people, you know, you can listen to all, you can learn from a few, but you follow no one. Yeah. You only follow yourself. Um, the thing is that I have found that people really connect with other people that have walked the path, that have been there, had the experience, because we need that. We need, you know, the connection and it feels less scary, but that's the whole thing. I mean, we're so scared. We're so damn scared to change, yeah. you know? It, and I say this, health is easy, it's change that is hard. Yeah. You know, and everything has come to come up, and, and I'm sure that this is what you're pointing at a little bit. I, being a detox specialist, and I, I firmly believe this, it's all about detoxification, and it's, you know, we're talking about all levels, about letting go. Letting go is, is, a, is a part of detox. I mean, you can, you can take it into the mental world or the emotional world, the physical world. You know, it's all about letting go of doesn't, what doesn't serve you anymore. Yeah. You know, to have a free will, taking away all the obstructions. Um, and what I see is, you know, food is something tangible for people. You know, it's, it's obvious. People get that if you put a hamburger into you or if you put an apple into you, that's going to do something different with your body. Most people can feel that and they know that to be true. So when you can see that and, and start by just putting more high vibrational food into your body, letting go of the physical obstructions, you realize that every cell in your body holds a memory. It holds emotions. It holds, you know, all of everything that you've ever lived and experienced is still in there, you know, it's still within us. And I don't think that you can really separate those bodies. So I use that as, as a way of easily reaching a lot of people. But the thing is, once you start eating cleaner and walking that path, you cannot stop what's gonna to happen to you spiritually and emotionally. You're going to heal on every level. Um, so, so that is why I am teaching so much about the raw food and the diet. Doesn't mean that that is all that you need to do, but it could be the trigger that will just open the doors to do everything, you know? Um, and so obviously yeah. for you, you know, you're, you're, you're lying there, you make that decision of, I'm either going to die here or I'm going to get better. What, yeah. And you, you mentioned that the food stuff came a bit later. What, what was the timeline? How did you go from lying on that floor making such a, a, a head yeah. in your life to all of a sudden, well, it wasn't all of a sudden, but to, to get to where you, perhaps you are now? Yeah, well, I laid there, as I said, and, you, and, and luckily I had a hubby that was supporting me and he was leaving me juices. I, had, I learned about juices. I learned about the digestive system. So I started there. I started thinking, okay, I will do a 10 day or 20 day juice fast. So he was juicing everything in the morning, leaving it on the nightstand. I would drink that during the day until he came back, you know, stuff like that. But I would go back to eating, you know, maybe vegan meals, a lot of cooked meals and not really, and then I went through all the uh, elimination thing. I thought, okay, maybe there's something I can't have, you know, so I ate just fish for a week, or, you know, I went through all of this, just exploring, exploring, just trying to listen inward, because there was this connection. I started to speak to myself, and I was saying every day, thank you for this healing, show me the way, how can I serve? Wow. Thank you for this healing, show me the way, how can I serve? Over and over and over, and what happened was, I had all of these dreams and I had out-of-body experiences I just started to kind of blow my lid off yeah. on the, you know, the other end first probably because I was doing so much affirmation work yeah. I was listening to some you know guided meditations I was really because I was laying there that's what I could do I thought okay this is what I could do I could use my I could use my 
my inner being. You know, I can't use my outer being right now, so I use my inner being. So from being there, it just went into trying every machine that was in there, out there. I had to kill all the parasites. So I got the sappers and the rife machine and, you know, herbs for that. And I got the, uh, I even have a, a hyperbaric um, oxygen chamber in my house. Yeah. <laughs> all the machines you can imagine trying to kill off parasites because I thought that was a big deal. I started cleansing my liver and you won't believe what came out of me. I mean, parasites and parasites. Now I'm bald enough to say, I wish I would have kept some of it. You know, I could put it on liquor or something <laughs> and put it on display. But, you know, I just realized we're so shit. And that opened like the new doorway to the physical. Like, oh my God, if I have all of this in here and I look pretty, you know, okay. I had a job. I was, everybody must have it. It was like I was, you know, I was totally stunned by what I was seeing. And I'm thinking, I can't be that special. I mean, this must be something that most people, you know, have within them. Yeah. So there was a lot of, I was on like a killing spree for a long time, you know, flushing and killing and just getting everything up there. And then I was sitting on the bathroom almost 24 seven, you know, with an enema up my butt, water coming in there, shit coming out there, you know, in my robe, being almost carried from room to room, you know, and crying a lot. I think I cried for two years, wow. just crying. Just crying, releasing and crying, frustrated, angry at everything, you know, the whole, yeah. How do you maintain your, your sense of, of, of worth, your sense of, of wanting to go on? Because I think for so many people, when, when we start down that kind of path, be that physical or emotional, yeah. when it gets, yeah. we want to give up. That's kind of like the ego yeah. says, yeah. this is too hard. Yeah. Go back to yeah. the eat the hamburger yeah. or whatever it happens to be. How did how do you maintain that or how did you maintain that at the time? Well, I could say it could be a part of, you know, kind of a stubbornness, but you know, really it's never been my my trait or my personality to give up yeah. on anything. So I think, you know, and I didn't give up on trying to force my body either, you know, to keep on going. Yeah. So, you know, what what can make you can also break you. So I, I think I used you know, the strength that almost killed me to save my own life. Yeah. And that's another thing that I'm, I'm teaching, that we think that, you know, easy or uh, things should happen fast or just giving up is an option. See, I didn't have a plan B. And that's, one, that's another thing. There was no plan B. I was just going to do this. And if I wasn't going to get healthy, I was going to try until I got it. Yeah. It's like, so giving up would never be an option. You know, even if I wouldn't get healthy until I was 80, I would still try. Yeah. You know, where do you think those beliefs spawn from? Because I, you know, a lot of the work that I do, Hillary, is is around teaching people how to believe in themselves, how to have that inner self worth, yeah. so they can actually get on with perhaps changing, you know, making the change in their life that they want. So, so I like I really notice that the people who have a solid self belief from 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 birth or from, you know, I'm always really curious because I grew up not believing in myself, and I know people. It sounds like yourself have this kind of solid sense of self-worth. How do you think that you formed those beliefs in the first place? Well, it's, 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 a, it's, it's an interesting question because as I see with my clients, the people that come to me, they have that, most of them, because they are in front of me. They have you know, sought me out. They have decided to do something. Yes. And when I look at their health history, it's, 
you want to cry and you're thinking how is this person even walking and talking then you get them on the screen like you i have a skype conversation and they have the strength this determination and you can't even look at them telling that they're falling apart inside it's like the strength is the soul strength i i really believe that this is soul this strength is not from your body or from someone teaching you something i mean this is the core of you that's why i see it and you can take that back to can you take it to karma can you take it to past life can you take it to your purpose your mission here why you're on this earth right now i don't know i don't think we'll ever know um but i do see that there is something there is soul strength that some people have and some people don't yeah what, what is also very interesting i i find about that is that i that i tend to i i, I tend to feel like that everybody does have a sense of soul strength, um, as I think that they do. Often, the way that it's manifested is my, you know, like somebody who, you know, it's some of my clients come to mind. The clients who have, who give everything to everybody else and can hold up for everybody else, but when it comes to them, they they can't. So sometimes I think it's about trans, uh, translating the the strength. From, well, you're so strong outwardly for other people. Sometimes it's a matter of redirecting the focus so the strength comes up. Very true. Very good point. A very good point. And most of these people that I am talking about, they have spent their whole life taking care of others. Yeah. You know, that's why they're sick. If they had directed everything towards themselves, they would be fine, right? They've been spending all of it towards everyone else. And now they're there and they're still trying from their sick beds to care more about those you know that they now feel that they're abandoning than themselves yeah. so absolutely i mean and and this is mostly for women is what i see or more for women you know it is the nurturer the motherly you know trying to get everything together and it's hard it's hard for a woman to focus solely on herself yeah. when there are people that that they feel depend on them but this is another thing and i see that when we talk about the soul this is about disconnecting from everyone and everything that is not the part of all that is that is you so it's kind of a like you know you know what i mean it's we tend to have one finger in so many other people's business yeah. that we're not even paying attention to our own business you know and, and it comes straight away you know it's a distraction te a technique if, if we can if we can put all our attention outside of us and they need me and they need me and I'm on this council and I'm doing this, then all of a sudden I don't have to pay attention to me. Yeah. I can be distracted and be a martyr and keep myself busy outside of myself and say, I simply don't have time. Yeah, I know. And, and that's like a very noble type of mindset even because then you showing that I'm, I'm actually a good person, but I'm just taking care of everybody else. But the thing is, a lot of this also has to do with dependency and codependency, mm. you know, and being dependent on, you know, not only the help, but um, being seen, being accepted, being, you know, included. Yeah. Everything that we feel that falls apart if we turn around and just take care of ourselves, you know, and everything that we think about illness is going to come and bite us in the ass also, because a lot of people think that that's a weakness. Yeah. And we and nobody wants to see themselves that weak, and we definitely don't want anyone else to see us as weak. And, and there you go again. We're so 
into what other people, you know, think of us. And it's none of our business what they think. And, and, and nor can we do anything about it. You know, nor can we do anything about it. Right. If you like me or you don't like me, I can't, like, I have no, no. power to influence that. I might think that I, I do, but I really don't. Yeah. And, and, and we're kind of blowing our, our ego up when we think that we're that important to someone else because they have their own lead. They have their own movie. We're simply, you know, just like a third, fourth, or fifth, I don't know, stand-in or whatever. And it's a very big ego thing to think that we're that important to someone else. They have their own lives. Even when you're a mother, even if you're a wife, they have their own life. You don't have any more space in their life than they have in your life. You know, and there we go. We can't even say no to a party, even though we're hurting, because we think we'll ruin the party for the host. Yes. When the truth is, most likely, they won't even care if you're there, right? No, and that's an ego thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because we tend to think that we're the center of the universe. And yes. But it's ironic because we're the center of the universe, yet we don't, we don't treat ourselves as if we're the most important thing in the universe. Which, yeah. which really we are, you know, yeah. I can only help me. Yeah. I'm the only person I can help more than anybody else in the world. It's, it's my responsibility. And, and, and through doing that, you are helping everyone else, you know? You know, who, who, if you love yourself first, take care of yourself, nurture yourself, then you'll have energy and love for everyone else. Not only that, you radiate that which you are. Not what you do or say, that which you are, you know, and, and people look to you and they want to follow you. They want to do what you're doing. So there's no larger ripple effect in this world than what you actually are. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. The, more, the more truthful you can be with yourself and the more connected to who you are, the, the more that, that bleeds, you're completely, completely right. It's people like yourself who are just going out and doing the thing that you do and doing you so well, you know, um, I'm sure that the way that you've done life isn't the way that, that a whole bunch of people would want to do it. And that's the same with mine as well. But, yeah. but it's you doing you and you're going to find people who are connected with your message. It's the same way I'm going to find people connected with mine or whatever it happens to be. I think it's wonderful. Yeah, and, and it has to do with authenticity. See, we're not used to being authentic. We're used to covering up and painting over and, and putting under the rug and not talking about the elephant in the room. You know, whatever. We're not used to being authentic. So you don't even know who you're dealing with most of the time. And just being authentic with yourself is that first step. You know, looking yourself in the mirror, I have people, you, look in the, you ask them to look in the mirror and tell themselves, I love you, and they struggle. Really struggle. Looking yourself in the eye saying, I love you, you're so beautiful, you're gorgeous, you know, you're amazing. And people struggle. They think it's the hardest thing. Yep. Well, because we've also, I, I believe, and I'm not sure, I'd love to get your thoughts on this, but certainly in Australia and, and the down under side of the world, we're, we're yeah. absolutely taught that self-love is arrogant, that, yeah. that, that we, you know, self-hate is promoted. If, if that's okay, actually, you know, companies make billions of dollars off us every year for hating ourselves. So, yeah. You know, and, and I'm sure that's the same. I've, I've spent extensive time in Europe, but... Mm -hmm. It was the same kind of vibe. Same thing. It's, it's, it's like it's told to be an egocentric thing, right? And I even write about that. I have a chapter in, my, in one of my books called Who Do You Think You Are? Because that is the energy. But the thing is, there is a distinct difference between the uh, egocentric, of course, and the self-love. And people don't 
they're not able to distinguish, you know, to see the difference. Yeah. You know, so they're thinking of self-love, loving myself, meaning being egocentric, thinking I want everything for myself, because that's what that means. Yeah. And, you know, wanting to have things for yourself or kind of swimming this way, you know, it's, it's, it's the same thing. It comes from the lack, you know, the thought of lack, the thought that there will never be enough. Yeah. The thought that life only has one piece of pizza and if I take a big bite, then someone else is going to miss out on, on there. You know, we don't realize everybody has their own, you know. Is, is that how you would discern the difference between an egocentric uh, world and self-love? Is, is it that, that egocentric is, is lack and self-love is abundance, would you say? Yes, exactly. Because egocentric comes from the place of lack of fearing never having enough, never being enough. Yes. That therefore wanting to take a lot of space, wanting to take a lot of energy, wanting to fill the room, you know, getting everything they can while loving yourself. You know you're always enough. You know there'll always be, you know, abundance of, of love and energy for you and everything you ever wanted. So you, 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 you relax and you have, you're able to serve. Same thing, from there you can serve an egocentric thought form would be a pleaser because when you're pleasing someone you're always looking for the return so you're pleasing to be accepted to be acknowledged to be you know because you want to feed yourself off of that because you never think that you're enough and you want them to think that you're enough you know when you're serving you're simply giving from the heart when you're pleasing you're pleasing from the mind yes so it's like a mind heart thing you know your love is from the heart and everything egocentric every thought form is from that you know, if, if I'm coming egocentric, if I'm coming from here, then, yeah. then I see the pizza and I, I have to take it quickly or I have to shove as much in my face as I can because I'm worried about getting out. Whereas, or save it for later, you know, take a lot and save it for later. Even if it's moldy and disgusting and whatever happens yeah. to be, I, at least I've got it. Whereas, whereas when it's hard, when it's, you know, when it's internal, true self-love is that I am the pizza. You know, yeah. it's not that I have my own. I just am. I like. I. I. I am already the pizza. <laughs> you know, I can't. Exactly. And I don't have to worry about it until I'm hungry. I don't have to eat now just because it's there. I can save it for later. Nobody's going to take it from me. It's not going to go anywhere. You know, I can just relax. It's always going to be enough. <laughs> you know, I, I've always got enough. There is always enough. I am enough, mm -hmm. and nothing yeah. can change that. Yeah. And I think that's the same thing you're going for when you're chasing health, you know, from illness and medications. It's that sense of chasing, not being enough, not, you know, being able to be good enough or well enough. The headache needs to go now. This needs to go now. You need to have, you know, if not, I can't achieve that or I can't go to the meeting or I can't take care of this. I can't get care of that, you know. And when you start from the love, you start listening to the body, and when the body tells slow down, you slow down and trust. When it says rest, you rest. Yep. How, mm -hmm. how, have you, how have you been able to, I suppose, bring together that, that thing? Because as a go-getter, as an ambitious woman, as, a, as an entrepreneur, as somebody who clearly is driven, I know that for myself and certainly for a lot of the listeners and watchers that when you are a driven individual, when you're going and going and going and you want to go get because that's how you are, to be able to then listen to the body to slow down when it's like, yeah, but I've got, you know, I won't make the money. I, I won't get the business. I, even as I'm speaking, I'm, I'm hearing it that it's, it's lack versus abundance. But how, how do you then in your head be able well, to... Well, 
Well, see, I was, I was, I was completely taken off my feet. In my world, I was nothing. Yeah. I was nothing. There was nothing left. It was, it, there was nothing. So I had no ambition. I had no direction. I had no meaning. I just bathed and I laid back and I said, well, most of the nights, actually, I told God, please take me. Wow. Don't give me another day, please. Please take me tonight. And I told my hubby, I said, whatever, whatever, whatever happens, you don't call an ambulance. Yeah. And he's like, okay. <laughs> you know? and, um, and I just went through that whole naked scenario where I didn't care. I really didn't care. I was, I was starting to walk. When I started getting back, you know, I started to put some more and more raw food into my body. I, I started with a high gourmet raw food, went into that for many years. Like, you know, I got a little better. I could talk the toad so I could, you know, I, I could go into nature, but I wasn't really getting to the, you know, the, I wasn't getting all the way in there to, you know, regenerate my body. So the more, the higher I went on pure fruit, 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 you know, the high vibration, high water, astringent fruits that were actually made to eat. We have a species specific diet, like everybody else, we're primates, we're primates. We have fingers to pick, we have, you know, our teeth, our whole digestive tract, everything. Mm. is made to digest food it's it, fruit it's perfect yeah. so the more i went to that the more my body released oh my god it was just releasing releasing and the more energy the more energy the more energy i started getting interested in the herbs i started going into nature picking herbs my whole being was in my own healing sequence i wasn't seeking anything i just started helping people online you know because i had walked the three steps a few steps before them so i just started you know here's what i did and okay i got some followers and we started and I, and I educated myself. I went to INN and I got my certificate as a health and wellness coach. Right. Um, you know, I started doing things like that, taking the courses, doing detoxification, level one and two. And as I kept on the how can I serve, I never even after that envisioned the business that I had. It, I, I was never, I did not become business driven again. Sure. What happened with the business was it was it was a need for me to be able to serve. Yes. You know, so now it started with okay, let's do one. And do you know that I did three books, wrote them, published them in one year. Wow. It was like, and the last one. This is the best one. No more bullshit. No more bullshit. I saw that. It looks amazing. Yeah. And it was like it just came through me. See, yes. that's what I think happens when you go into the flow. And you go into your, when you find your purpose. So I talk a lot about that. So see, I speak about, you know, I speak, of course, about my illness and, and the raw food and all of that. But the most interesting thing is always the mindset and the spiritual, you know, being that you are. Because that is what's going to have you do or not. You know, you can even teach yourself anything in the world. If you're not going to do anything about it, if you're not going to implement, if you're not going to, if you're not going to work at it, if you're not going to practice, you're not going to get anywhere, you know. So... I started seeing that just being true to me, being really true to who I now felt that I was called to be by me, yeah. by the universe, by my spirit. I just say God just because it's easier. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have, you know, some kind of, but it could be anything you want it to be. And once I stepped into that, again, that was the heart, yeah. right? That was truth. That was the true me. And there is no driven kind of business thing through that. There's only the serving 
And then, of course, the brain having to take over to learn how to do, you know, maybe you have to do some accounting, maybe you have to do some marketing, maybe you have to, you have to hire people. And you use the brain for the tool. But I try very hard not to lose that focus because I don't want to go back to where I was. You know, I don't want to lose my soul again into anything. And I, and I have a reality check very often saying, okay, could you walk away from all of this and just go into the woods and just sit there and be that? And I, and I always say, yes, I could, you know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have trouble with that. Yeah, so, I mean, that's what I, I love. I'm loving hearing that, that that perhaps is one of your strategies because a lot of people deal with the negative self-talk, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the ego that tries to pull them back down into the hole, so to speak. Um, obviously that's one of your strategies to say, could I walk away right now and go into the woods and, and let it all go? Because effectively you've already been there once before. So yeah. you have that constant reality check. What are some of the other techniques that you use to be able to uh, keep you back into heart, to keep you back focused onto service? And nature. Focus? Always nature. Take off the shoes. No. Uh, you know, I'm this crazy barefoot walker. And from having probably 50 pairs of really good shoes, I mean, I was a shoe freak, yeah. to now, I, 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 you will not put anything on my feet that's not an open sandal, flat all year round. If it gets too cold, I don't go outside. If, you know, I want to travel somewhere else. It's like, I, I can't, that has been my whole connection. That has been my dreams. I, I had this revelation that I was riding on stones in the woods with a plant, telling people what to do, you know, with the different plants in there. And so I'm, I'm kind of going back to my roots. And, and the more I connect with nature, the more I realize that everything else that I have, of course I can have anything. You can have as many money or houses or love as you want, but it's never yours and it's never anything you can hold on to or, you know, so I try to be as disconnected. It's like you can have, even with people, there is something called detached compassion. Yes. Because we can have compassion for everything and love for everything, but you cannot attach yourself to any of it. Yes. Because once you attach to anything, You've lost. Yes. You have imprisoned yourself. You have lost yourself. You have put yourself, you've had one reason not to. And the same thing I do with my clients when you come to me and we talk about the why, why you want this to happen, why, you know. Um, and then the next thing is, what are you willing to do? Yeah. And until you're willing to do everything, I mean, all that it takes, even walking away from your loved ones. Not that you're ever going to have to do it, but you have to be willing energetically to do anything. Once you're willing to do that, then there'll, there'll be no restrictions on your path. It's like if you had one reason not to, if you said, yes, I can do that, I can do this, but there is a line. I can do this, but that I cannot do. Once you've said that, yep. you have allowed for something to come in and block you and say, this is the reason, so you can't unfold or you can't wear the wings you know that you and once you have one reason well your mind is going to tell you there was another reason and another reason and another reason yeah just allowing yourself to totally free yourself of any restrictions mm. and that's what i find in nature because nature has no restrictions so i just go if, if my mind is all cluttered and and after writing maybe three books or I do a lot of mind work and I, you know, you can easily get into it or stressful and people want to know this and that and you're answering too many emails, go out in nature. So I tell people, take off your shoes, just stand there, 
find a little piece of grass, hold on to a tree. It only takes like 15 to 30 seconds to mill out your whole system and connect you. And every cell in your body is going to go back to vibrating the way it's supposed to. It's so powerful. And then when you've done that for a while, you can start doing it in silence and actually start listening. Hug a tree, ask a question and listen. Because you're, you're so much more connected there, I feel, than in your office or in your bed, you know, with all the Wi-Fi and everything. So that's what I do to keep me connected. I think that, I think that we, we tend to forget that we are nature, that, that, that somehow it's like we sit there and go, I'll, I'll go into nature. It's like, yeah, but that's you. We, we are a product of nature as much we as are we are nature. We are nature. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, you know, we- our body, our body just lays down there and it rocks. It goes back to soil and you can't even tell the difference. It, it, was it you or was it that tree? It looks the same, so, the yeah. same thing, you know? So, so Hilda, if you could, if you could give any advice to a younger version of yourself and that could yeah. be yesterday, that could be 25 years, who knows, what advice would you give and at what age would you give it? Oh, this answer has probably changed along the way from what I would say now and then just a couple of years ago. Because now, looking back at my journey, I, would, I probably value everything so much to the point where I will say thank you for everything because this is what made me the woman I'm proud to be today. But hypothetically, if you wanted to stay on a healthy path the whole time, personally, I would have to dig all the way down to my childhood um, and nurture that child. I would have to go in and make that child feel supported, loved, and honored. If I walked to my teens or my early adulthood from where the uh, stress started, that was, of course, always a result of everything that would live. And you know another thing? Yeah. This is what's interesting when I talk about the raw food and the, and the physical. I see, I read eyes also. I can see your, 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 your life in your eyes. Yeah. And the thing is, so many of our glands, which are our chakras, are weakened from our parents, you know, genetically weakened. Yeah. Not something that can't be rewritten, but we come in weaker. And, the, and, and, the, and every generation now comes in weaker and weaker because we get weaker and then they get weaker, you know, with all the crap that's going on, all the hamburgers and the chemtrails and the who knows what. And, and from living that, having a weak adrenal, for example, will, will leave you anxious. Having a weak kidney will leave you fearful. Having a liver that struggles will leave you angry. Having a thyroid that struggles will leave you depressed. We're so physically emotionally connected. We think that we are um, mentally, psychologically impaired when we have anxiety or depression where it's so physical, we won't even believe it. It's, I was so anxious, I couldn't even go to the mailbox for years. I couldn't even, I couldn't even meet the person. My anxiety level was so high, I couldn't turn on the TV because it was scaring me shitless just to hear a sound. Yeah, and, and, and that, that came from a physical... I, I just, yeah, I just heal the adrenals, the adrenal glands, the little bit of glands sitting on top of the kidneys. They're controlling almost everything when it comes to that. So just that knowledge, you know, in itself will take away all that fear around those symptoms, yeah. you know? And had, had I known when I started feeling anxious just because I burned out the adrenals, what happens, you know, they, they, they produce adrenaline. And when you burn out, you get fatigued and then everything, you know, comes crumbling down. So 
I would probably tell myself to listen more to me and to educate myself. Because to tell me just to love myself more, you know, in this world, we really get to, we need to get smart too. Yeah. We need to wait. There is stuff going on here you need to know about. And there are things about the whole game of this world today that we need to be very aware about, you know, because there are strong forces that doesn't want you to be empowered. It doesn't want you to listen to you because we are trained to listen to any form of authority. Yeah. And I think that's another thing taking me back to where you asked me about the different type of souls or where that strength comes from. Mm. The more bald people are towards authority, the less they listen to authority, the more strength they have of, of course, walking their own path or breaking free. You know, the more fearful you are of everyone else or, you know, being the boss of you, yeah. the more locked in you're going to be to their regime. Yeah. So it's a hard question that you, you ask me that because I would start with the self-love and the empowerment and then I would, I would wish now that I was more educated before so that I knew more of how, just, just pure education, you know. Because I was, I was lost. Yeah, you mentioned before Louise Hay during Virtue. Who are some of your, you know, what, who do you follow? And I appreciate that you follow you. Um, but, yeah. you know, who yeah. you throughout yeah. your career? Yeah. So notes for the audience. Yeah. So there was a time where, where, where I really followed them. Not followed them, but learned from them. Yeah. Because well, people, I mean, don't miss, I mean, there's a big difference between following someone and having a mentor, for example, or yeah. learning from someone. Yeah. When you have a mentor and you're learning from someone, you're never giving away yourself, but you're soaking in the wisdom of those that have worked before you. And that's a very honorable thing to do. And I have a lot of mentors and I still have, of course, you know, and I love mentorship. But, and back then I started with a very, um, what should I say, very, easy transition like Louis Hay. Yep. Louis Hay, you know, all the affirmations and her beautiful voice. That's what I just hang, hang on to. And, and she had three books out. And I think the first one, I can't even, I think all the pages are out. It's not even glued together anymore. I think I read it probably like a hundred times, you know, over and over and over and over because there was a message there that was true to me. And all she was speaking about was that I had the power to heal, that my body had the power to heal itself. Yeah. Then I went into the Doreen Virtue, more of the angels, spiritual. And she was a very, you know, nice transition. Carolyn Miss, yeah. um, right. you know, that type of Wayne Dyer. Um, and then I remember when Eckhart Tolle came out with The New Earth. I think it was 2008. And they did the Oprah Winfrey show. And I was just glued to all that. So I, there was probably three or four years I was soaking in uh, most of what the most popular um, thought leaders and spiritual leaders were talking about, you know, and everything from Osho to the things that are a little bit more spiritual, you know, go to the Indian and the ashrams and I went through all of that. And I, and I think it's important, but you come to a point where you've soaked that in and it's time to get the direct connection, the direct connection, you know, where you don't, you just find yourself being full. Yeah. of reading, or full of watching movies and It's time to do, isn't it? Rather than just gather information, it's actually time to put that into practice. And, and yeah. really, at, at its source, all of those teachings are, you know the truth, listen. Yeah. You know, and, and, and we're just, everyone's just, 
the, the, same, the same kind of message of once you connect to the divinity of who you are, yeah. you'll be okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think also it's speaking your truth so that what happens is you're not really learning something new from them, but it's resonating with what you, really, you know, already know. Right. And when you're starting a path like that, most likely is you, you'll feel a little lonely going that way because you're turning away from the masses. So just having someone speaking your language, not feeling alone anymore, actually feeling like you're part of the community, that is a big one too, you know, really big one. And that's why I, I have a membership site, just because I know how important it is for so many to really feel that there is community out there. And that's different, you know, being together yet always standing alone, you know, that's so important too, because we're always alone. We, yeah. we, we come into this world alone, we leave here alone, you know, but we can be together. We can be alone and then we can be together, you know. I would love, before we finish up today, I would love for you to, you to tell us a bit more about, about what you do, your, your membership programs, your books, your, like, where do we find more about you and, and what you do? Tell us some more. Yeah, well, oh, I appreciate that. Well, uh, most of the days I, I work with clients. Uh, I have a website called inspiredbyhilda.com. I am Hilda with an E, so inspiredbyhilda.com. That's what, where I, you know, all, all over the place, I am inspired by Hilda. Um, and you can find me on YouTube. I have a lot of, I love making YouTube videos. Yeah. Um, so I love speaking. So, um, and the books, of course, I have to show you the books. I love writing. I can't spend all my time writing though. It's, uh, I wish. Okay, so this is the first book called From Hell to Inspired. That is the story. That is my story. That's like the whole, you know, and everything. Yes. Um, then I went on to writing this, uh, Know the Truth and Get Healthy. And that's a step-by-step -step guide. So that has all the recipes, everything I did, you know, from my spiritual journey, my ayahuasca experience. I mean, all the, right. the, the fun stuff. You can go back and forth to that. Learn about the essential oils, herbs, everything. Perfect. And then I talked it up with this one, which is actually should be the first one. But it, was, it wasn't ready until, you know, being the last one coming out. But that actually takes you from kind of reading about a person that is in this world, you know, that we perceive with all the clutter and everything about the authority and who you think you are and, and then ending up with writing your own life manifesto. So this is like takes you from dependency to sovereignty, right? Yeah, this is supposed to be empowerment. Um, and that's what I do. And I have a membership site where um, I do a monthly challenges. I do a challenge every month. That's like my thing. First week every month, I do a challenge. This week, this uh, September's challenge is called uh, the Brain Less Challenge. So this is a non-thinking challenge. So I can do everything. I can do anything from a kidney flush or a liver flush challenge or a fruit week or a juice challenge, you know. So that's, and I have an online course. That's pretty cool though. It's like a 13 video, everything I know, just put into a video course. It's called the Optimal Health Blueprint. So you can find that on the website. And that's, and that's inspiredbyhilda.com? Yeah, inspiredbyhilda.com. Fantastic. I, I, I'm so thrilled. Thank you so, so much for, for taking the time to share your story, for sharing your journey. For those of you guys watching at home, absolutely jump on inspired, inspiredbyhilda.com to be able to get amazing resources, get her books, get on board. I, I, I love that I think you had this beautiful journey of such strength and, and a gift to be able to serve. So thank you so much for taking the time to be on Katie's Gaps today. 
Thank you for having me. You're gorgeous. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching. I hope that you've enjoyed today's podcast and YouTube show. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here. Thank you for your attention and thank you for your eyes and ears. Hope that you got a lot out of it today. If you do know anybody or if you yourself have an amazing story of confidence and self-worth, I'd love to hear from you. Just email loveyourself at moreconfidence.com.au. I will get that email immediately. I'll be in touch and we can see if we can get you onto Katie's Couch. Talk to you then. Katie, Katie on the couch.